0: Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at ConroeUPC.org. It seems that that, uh, along the way we we all have our Jordan. But because of their unbelief, the children of Israel had found themselves going in circles for some 40 years. It was it was the end of that season. That season of wandering in circles was over with. They were trying to close the chapter on that. The expiration date on that wandering and entering into Canaan's land was just about there. It had arrived. And now the children of Israel they're poised they're poised to enter into Promised land. They're poised to step into what God has promised them. This this last obstacle, though they faced, you and I know the story as that Jordan River. But it was this obstacle that, normally, in most times, would not have provided too much of a problem, since most of the year the Jordan River is only about a hundred feet wide. Derek Gilgal. It's so only, only only a small obstacle they had to pass, something they could handle on their own. However, it seems like that when we go through transitional moments, they're never just routine. It seems like God's got a way of letting things happen when we're in the midst of transition. And we can look back and say, God, if you let all this happen when I still had my job, if you let all this happen when I still had you know, an extra $20,000 in my checking account. God, if you let all this happen, uh, uh, you know, before I lost my loved one, if you let all this happen at that point. But it seems like God moves us from season to season, place to place. Uh, and it's, it's, during, it's during those stormy transitional times that, that when we approach those moments, it's not quite as easy as it can all be drawn out on the chart. As a matter of fact, it's harvest time. Known no, there, there at the Jordan River, it was a flood stage and, and what would normally be a hundred feet wide. What was almost a mile wide to this day in that area, that river spreads to about a mile wide during this season. It's, it's an impossible, it's an impassable place of crossing. It's a, during, during that season, it's just just near impossible. And they, they would have to understand that there was absolutely no way they would be able to cross this thing on their own. They needed supernatural help. That they, they know that they needed the help, the hand of God. And every, every one of us, we face our own Jordan. Every one of us must cross this Jordan. It's when we look at those obstacles that stand between us and the and the miraculous of God, us and the, the answered prayers that we have we have sought and and we we seek that spiritual victory and there's that thing that stands between us and our Canaan. And we understand that we've got this personal this personal Jordan that uh, that we'll never be able to work out on our own. Uh, we understand that we, we can 't do some things God, if you don 't fix this it don 't get fixed and God, if you don 't provide there 's not going to be a provision and so we stand and look at these things it's true. Um, it 's true It is so true uh, that, uh, that we 've every one of us faced these things, and i don 't begin to know. What every, every single person here in this room faces. I, I know you face Jordan and some of you have shared what your particular Jordan might include, but I don't know, I don't know the name of every obstacle. I, I don't know the name of your river that you might want to cross. I don't know the name of, of your Jordan today, but, but I do know a God. I do have a saving, miracle working God who can take care of every Jordan. Who can take care of every river. Who can take care of every obstacle. And I, I, I'm just filled with confidence that that our Redeemer wants to see you travel over that Jordan. And he wants to see you enter into the promise and plan that He he's got for your life. Uh, I know a lot of times you find yourself in an overwhelming place. And you find yourself saying, I can't cross this because I've got a storm of family, a storm of kids, a storm of finance. We're in flood stage right now. We don't know how to do this. But I want you to understand this God's got a plan for your life. And he has every intention that you are going to cross this Jordan. And you are going to find his plan, his privilege, and his provision in your life. And, and your prayers are going to be answered. As a matter of fact, he's, he's already doing this. And, and I, I want to take just a few moments today. Just a few moments today. And we're going to talk about how to get past. How to cross over your Jordan River. Joshua chapter 3. So Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed uh, uh, from Shittim and they came to Jordan. He and the children of Israel and they lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And there shall be no spa- there shall be a space between you and it about 2000 cubits or about 3000 feet. By measure come not near unto it that you may know the way by which you must go for you've not passed this way before. And Joshua said unto his people, "Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." And Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass over before the people. And they, the priests, took up the Ark of the Covenant, and they went before the people. This we've just read is the beginning of that third chapter in that in that great book of Joshua that we're looking at. And it involved a challenge. It involved A big challenge. Time had come for the people to move forward. Time had come for them to cross the Jordan. Time had come for them to stop the circles and cross over into the promise of God. And in the middle of that, at that moment when it was time for them to go, God had a message for them to hear. And the words they were to hear, they were going to be challenged. And the words that they were to hear, they were going to be challenged and given some things to do. And one of those is that you're going to watch the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant uh, is mentioned seven times in this third chapter. It's that special dwelling place uh, of the presence of God inside the tabernacle. It's a small piece of furniture. It, it's, it's a small piece of furniture that had rings around it. Uh, it's made of shittim wood and wrapped in gold, and it had had special artwork of gold on it. And, but it symbolized the presence. It symbolized the power of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant rested anywhere, anointing came to that place. Uh, when the Ark of the Covenant would rest, that would be where the glory of God rested, and, and, and the glory of God would come, but it would settle there, for that was that was the physical dwelling place uh, Of the presence of God at this time, and and when it was there, if it was, it could. There's examples of when it was stood in the houses of people who weren't the priests, and who it wasn't even standing in the house of God. But when the Ark was in their house, there was blessings in that house, and when the Ark of the Covenant rested there and stayed there for a season, there were blessings and things that were coming to the house of those people who hosted it uh, but to israel at this time the ark uh, was a new thing and, and it represented god's presence in the midst uh, of his people in other words uh, they're supposed to keep their eyes on that and we've come to know that when the ark would move they would move and and, and when the ark would stop they would stop because uh, they would they would they would follow after the cloud and the ark had been given commandment that they would that they when the cloud would move they would pick up the ark and start moving and so the people would move and the idea was uh, you watch when the priest uh, pick this thing up and they go to the water you 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 do that and and so you're supposed to keep your eyes on the presence of god Keep your eyes on the things of God. And I suggest this morning that, that too many times we get distracted from the things and presence of God. And we get to looking at careers and, and checkbook balances and uh, credit card uh, balances. And we get to looking at, at things along those lines that, that get us so very, so very distracted. When, when in all reality, if we could somehow find the way to hallways. Keep our eyes where the presence of God is. The best highlight of our week ought to be when we come to the house of God. When we, when we, when we drag ourselves into the house of God and we feel the presence of God. That, that ought to be, that ought to be the most the greatest highlight of the week and the fact that so many times uh, we allow distractions so many times we get distracted and we don't keep our eyes upon him and we get our eyes on circumstance or situation or family or career or, or that's where we put our, our greatest energies and our greatest desires uh, might I might I suggest to you this morning uh, if you want the blessings of God in your life uh, find your greatest Joy in the presence of God find your greatest joy in the house of God find your greatest entertainments Uh, uh, the Bible talks many times about where you find the presence of God that you're going to find the rest of God if you're trying to deal with stress and pressures in your life if you can get to the presence of God the presence of God is the best rest you can ever find the presence of God God is the best stress relief that you will ever find walking into the presence of God he can wash you and cleanse you and if you try to solve those natural life problems with the hand of your ability the hand of your own provision you might find relief for an hour or two but you're going to go right back into that pressure but you can come to the presence of God and when you step into the presence of God you've got your eyes on him and you're focused in his presence you feel they talk about it on a Wednesday night service too tired to show up but you showed up anyhow and you felt the anointing of the Lord touch your heart and spirit you didn't feel like going but you're so glad you went you didn't have strength to go but when you got there you had strength to get home because you came into the presence of God that is a priority of life And the commandment was, you watch. You keep your eyes on the ark because it's going to go and the priests are going to pick it up and they're going to begin carrying it. The second commandment in this passage, we found that they were to follow the ark of the covenant. It said it this way, you will leave your place and go after it. There's moments when the ark and the presence of God begins to move in your life that you've got to leave your place and go after it. I know a lot of time in a service we'll say... Why don't you step out of your pew? And why, don't you, why don't you move closer to the front? And, and let, let's just follow after the Holy Ghost. And, and we, we use that as as, as as a way for us to reposition ourselves and maybe figuratively or physically get a little closer to the Lord. But here we found the commandment. You keep your eyes on the ark and you follow after the ark. They were supposed to watch God, keep their eyes on him, and move when he did they were to pursue God. They were to follow after God. Let me ask you this morning. What ...have you been pursuing? Where have you been investing yourself and your time and your talents? Where have you invested your energies in? I suggest that our greatest energies ought to be seeking and following the things of God. Preacher, that's what you're supposed to say because you're the preacher. But no, let me say that's what I say because it's the truth. And that's what the Word of God declares, that we should follow after Him... And when he moves, we move. And when he sins, we go. And when he commissions, we get up and we follow after him. Because so many times, just the move of God in our lives, God's wanting to move us from being comfortable. May I, may I suggest this morning that too many of us have gotten comfortable with where we're at. We've gotten too comfortable with how things are. And there needs to be a driving hunger. In our, You know, we try to feel we try, there there's something inside of us uh, that can only be satisfied with the presence of God but we we try to fill this thing so many times with friendships uh, we try to fill this with social things uh, but it never really Quite uh, satisfies. Uh, there's something built in the heart of a man and a woman that's got to worship, uh, and so what? It, what we do in this entertainment-driven day that we live in, uh, we, we're given sports teams, and we're given things like this that, that we're supposed to get our release from and our, our joy from, and, and we're going to buy into the team, and we're going to buy their shirts and buy their hats, and, and we, we're going to we're going to we're going to cheer for cheer for the home team may i suggest uh, that is a physical way to satisfy an inward longing for gratification but a sports team winning will never satisfy your sports team losing might disappoint you but your sports team winning will never satisfy you uh, because there's only one thing that can really satisfy the inward soul the inward desire of a man and that is that god part of a man it's that soul part of a man. And the, and the commandment came here saying, you watch the ark, you follow after the ark. And if you really want to have peace in your spirit, keep your eyes on Jesus, follow after Jesus. Keep your eyes on the things of God, follow after the things of God. And the third thing that you will do is you will honor God by saying this you just remember a moment ago when we read uh, the commandment came you stay you stay 200 uh, uh, you say you say 2,000 cubits uh, behind the ark Uh, you're going to follow after this uh, but uh, but you're you're going to you're going to keep the right distance and so a cubit is about the length of a man's elbow to his fingertips. Now, to me, a, a cubit by measurement may be about 14 or 15 inches. Uh, but to tailor a, a cubit may be 18 or 19 inches. But so you get an average. Uh, you get an average, and the average span of a cubit uh, is, is, is is considered to be about uh, 18 inches. So 2,000 cubits would be about 3,000 feet. And so there's a little, little bit more a little bit more than a half mile distance uh, that they were supposed to keep uh, the right distance uh, between themselves ...and the Ark of the Covenant and the Priest. The reason for this is, is it is very important to God... ...that we just not follow after Him... ...but we stay in correct position with Him. He wants us at a certain place. He wants us at a certain distance. You say, well, I think He would want us to be as close... ...as we could possibly get. I don't understand all the ways of God. But He says you keep a particular distance. You keep a particular position... I think God wants every one of us to stay positioned correctly. He wants us to be in alignment correctly with Him. And He's got a particular place exactly where He wants you to be. And so you've got to keep your eyes on the ark of God. You've got to follow after the presence of God. And you've got to stay in right position where the things of God are concerned. May I suggest there's a lot of things that indicate where our position with God is is. And on this Sunday morning if you want to break over and cross over your Jordan River, you figure out how to watch God. You figure out how to follow God. And you learn how to stay in correct position with God. Because if you stay in the right position with God, no matter where he goes, he's going to be in a sight line. You can see him. No matter when he moves, you're going to know he's moving. And you're going to be in right position. He's going You're going to be right where God wants you all of the time. Somebody ought to check uh, where is my position with Jesus Christ right now. Where is my position with the presence of God right now. And when I stay in right position, I am honoring Him. And when I stay in right position, I'm offering the right respect. You know how it is uh, when people disrespect you or they dish you or or they're ugly to you or they're rude to you. The reason they do that is because they really don't uh, respect you. Am I right? And so, if, if you ask them to do something that's reasonable, they don't do it it's because uh, it's because there's a lack of respect. And so, what? Be, uh, your, your teenagers; uh, they'll cross lines with you because they're full of rebellion. Their heads are full of mush. Uh, I mean, they're brain dead. You should have freeze dried them when they were 12 years old. All that's going on because really, they got a bunch of garbage inside of them, and they do stuff that make you mad. They do stuff you got to correct them. It's because in that season of life, uh, they don't. They're out of. They're out of position with where mom and dad are and, and they don't really respect uh, at the level that they should. When they get their own teenagers they're going to understand it uh, and uh, you, because the reason your kids act a fool is because you acted the fool when you were that age because you were out of position and then now they got out of position but you know when they grow up and uh, they mature uh, they, become, they become reasonable people again, they, they become human beings again and you understand now things are better because now the right positions are more in a alignment the way that they should be uh, you and I ought to make sure that we keep our eyes on the master we follow after the master and we stay in our right position with the master when you're in right position with him you don't say the wrong things when you're in the right position with him you don't go the wrong places when you're in right position with him you don't do the wrong things because I can see him and I'm following him and I'm right where he wants me to be Amen. Amen. So pastor, how do I do these things? How do I follow after God? How do I watch Him? How do I honor Him? I say, you learn to walk in the Holy Ghost. You learn to walk in the Spirit. When you're driving, you're praying. You learn to walk and talk the language of the Holy Ghost. And by doing this, you learn to give control of your life, of your heart, of your mind, and of your Spirit to Almighty God. Master, I'm giving control of my life to you so when you move, I'll stay in right position. I have no authority about where I stand. I've got to stand in the right position based on where you are, God. I don't stand in my position based on where the culture is today. I don't stand in my position based on what I saw on Facebook somebody else's position might be. But God, I've got to have this position that I stand in because I've got my eyes on you and I'm following Following after you and the position that I take on whatever it is, it's because this position's not based on where I'm at or, or what day I live in or what my culture's saying. But this position today is based on where is God and what's happening with Him. And if I just stay the right place with Him, I'm going to just always be right where He wants me to be. If I try to base that position on what the culture's doing or what my friend sets doing, I'm going to get out of position with God. And I would a whole lot rather be out of position with some friend who's really not my friend than I would be some God who really is my God. You must stay in right position with Jesus. And you do that by following in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you do that by spending time in prayer. You do that by spending time in the Spirit. Uh, I heard a quote recently say that there would come a time when, when that there would be, there would be people who would pray, offer praise uh, uh, to a God that they don't pray to. And I suggest uh, we look and reevaluate ourselves. Uh, we like our praise and we like our worship. We like the things that we do. But are we singing songs about a God uh, that we Don't pray to. Uh, I suggest uh, if we pray to him, if we spend time with him, uh, there will never be a praise issue or a positioning issue in our lives. But if if, if we if we are only singing the praises of God when we show up in the house of God, uh, you know we may not be, we may show up on Sunday morning, but be out of position with God. I want to be in position. I want the right attitude. I want the right spirit. I want the right thought. I want the right desires because I want to be in position with Him. Crossing the Jordan River involved a commandment in their lives. The people were told to do this word. And this is a painful word. But they were told to sanctify themselves. When you sanctify something, you purge it. You sanctify something, you wash it. When you when you when this, this this is a moment that refers to that, that we are making sure that we are clean and and physically holy and spiritually holy, emotionally holy, mentally holy, as we're in right position. With Jesus Christ, at that moment, when you decide I'm going to sanctify myself because I'm in right position with God, I'm going to follow after him, I'm going to sanctify myself, I'm going to do these things, so I put things out of my life. And so I, I put I put I put things away from me, and then I, I put things away from me that causes problems for me. And, and in the day we live in, it's it, it's a weird thing. It, it's 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 a whole lot. You know, it's it's pretty easy for us to, to maintain a, a personal a personal lifestyle. That, that, that might be pleasing to God. And, and we, we understand we want to be modest. We want these things. It's very easy to do that. But we have things in our lives today that makes it easy. And it's not what we're doing or not doing that causes us problems sometimes. It's what the other guy is doing that we're letting to cause us problems. Come on. It's not worth going to hell over what somebody else did. Am I, am I with you now? You know and there there was a day when when we were all blessedly naive and and, and we didn't even have telephones and, and we didn't know what was going on down the next road. We didn't know we didn't, I mean when I mean, they had to the pipe in sunshine you know. If you got a newspaper it was you know, it was not well printed and it was it was it was as an old paper. But nowadays we know what's going on everywhere before we know what's going on in our own house. I mean, I dare say you got friends you're connected to that you have never met and you don't know on your social media, but you don't know your neighbor's next door, your next door neighbor's name. Is that not a weird thing? We're all guilty of it. I mean, we we think they're friends. We keep track of them. And then we see all of that stuff. And it pours in. And it influences us. And sometimes, we we, based on what we're going to do today of our life, because we see all this other stuff that's going on in other people's lives. That's not the way we do it. It don't matter what nobody does on their Facebook page or anywhere else. I'm going to do what I'm going to do based on where I'm positioned with God. And so we like that on our holiness standards, but what about our spirits? If we're seeing that stuff that's going over somewhere, and we got the wrong spirit over what we're seeing. You know, this is something that is real. And the last thing I want to do is get lost over what somebody else is doing. And so so I've got to make sure my spirit and my heart... And my insides are right. And I sanctify. It's easy to take a bath and wash the outside. It's not so easy to cleanse and purge the inside. But there is a way. John chapter 1. First John ch- chapter 1 verse number 9. If we confess our sins. If we confess our sins. If we confess our sins. He is faithful. And he's just to forgive us our sins. And he will cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. Uh, there's got to be a sanctification that takes place in every man and woman. It works on the outside. Uh, it works on the inside. Uh, I am I, I am more and more convinced that uh, if we get our insides right, we have to worry less about the outsides. Uh, but if we only focus on the outsides, we may or may not get the inside right. I'm telling you, we got to have a right spirit. Uh, we got to be right. We got to be pure in our hearts. Uh, we got to have a clean, modest attitude. Uh, we we got to have we got to have humility in our spirit, gentlemen. Because an arrogant man puts forth uh, an arrogant hard men. Let's put it this way. Arrogant men and hard men and strong men. They, there's, a, there's a spirit that comes from them that draws from the other sex. Uh, that, the, that The strong and power that comes in the, in, in, in the persona of a man. It, it draws from the other way. And we say the women ought to be modest but there needs to be a humility in the spirit of a man because the arrogance and the hardness and the ego driven part of a man is just as immodest and wrong as maybe in modest clothing is on a lady amen amen so, so we've got to find a way to always repent say so God cleanse me because if we confess our sins he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness He'll pour that Spirit inside of you and displace that garbage. He'll clean up the outside. He'll clean up the inside. What, how do you do that? It's one word, repent. Oh, we love that baptism in Jesus' name message. We love that infilling of the Holy Ghost message. We love being filled with the Spirit. We love, we love uh, the gifts of the Spirit. We love the operation of the Spirit. We love the fruit of the Spirit. But when it comes time to repent, we don't like that part. But that's the first thing that provides all the other. It sets the pathway. You see, when you get ready to cross Jordan, you've got to realize that there is has got to call for a commitment on your part. You're going to have to make some commitments to God. And, and, but but when, you, when, you, when you really understand that if they, ha- if they just kept their eyes on the master. You think, it takes so much for me to live for God. No. If you'll stay in the right position with God, He's made some commitments to you. And if you're in right position, and you're facing Jordan, and you're right where you're supposed to be, you've already been promised, we're going to cross. That river is going to part. You're going through that thing. The key is, you simply stay in right position, because God's already made some commitments to you so if you're in the right position with God you can't expect a miraculous if you are in the right position with God you can't expect wonderful wonderful things that because God's going to bring you through as a matter of he's committed himself for your success he's committed yourself for your well-being he's committed himself to make sure that, that, that you that you arrive across that Jordan River and may I remind you God has not changed one bit he will never leave you he will never forsake you he will keep you his promises are sure and amen and so and so this moment uh, this morning as we stand here we don't get past some obstacles because we forget that he never leaves us we we forget we, we forget these things in our life and we get to look at the problems we get out of position with God and when this happens we understand we don't we can't understand why things are not happening the way that we had hoped and dreamed and planned that they would have you see so many times we live a life that exhibits a lack of faith not a big faith in Jesus Christ. Worry and doubt marks the lives of the people of God so many times because we worry about tomorrow but the Lord says you don't worry about tomorrow I will take care of tomorrow. We worry about material things If the Lord promised us uh, that you don't have to worry about those material things. We worry about facing various things and situations in life but God has promised uh, that he would always be there and be a friend that sticks close to the brother. We worry about things yet God tells us uh, that only thing we are to Worry about is to make sure that our sin is right, uh, that we have repented, and it's our duty to trust Him. Uh, the bottom line is, and you just never forget this: Jesus is all powerful. He is all knowing. He's all everywhere. All He's omnipresent. Uh, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your end from your beginnings. Uh, he is in control. And when you really, and when you really grab a hold of this, uh, you, you understand He's always present. Uh, you understand that He knows more about this situation than even than you know about it. Because our Jordan Rivers are bigger than we are. They are. But they're not bigger than our God. They are not bigger than our God. You may be facing something. At your house right now. And it is bigger than you are. But it is not bigger than your God. You may be facing something. In your marriage right now. That is bigger than you are. But it is not bigger than your God. You may be facing something right now. In relationship on your career. That is bigger than you are. But it is not bigger than your God. And if you will stay in right position with your God. You are going to cross over that Jordan. And you are going to step through that thing. And the provision and promise of God. Is going to come to pass. Because you are in right position and you've trusted God and this Jordan is bigger than you are Joshua chapter three so it came to pass when the children when the people removed uh, uh, when the people were moved from their tents uh, to pass over the Jordan River, that the priests bear the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they bared the Ark of the, uh, they came, and as they that bear the ark came unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bare the ark slipped in the brim of the water for the Jordan overflowed its banks at this time of the harvest. Uh, we could continue reading, but we understand that the, that the river backed up uh, like twenty miles. I mean it was a twenty mile Back up on this situation. There was plenty of room for everybody to cross over when God worked this thing out. You think, well, I've got to figure out how this. No, you don't have to figure out nothing. You've got to learn to trust God and walk in the Spirit. You've got to learn to stay in the right position with God. He'll take care of this. If you need $20 million, he'll provide twenty. million. It's not a big deal to him. He'll just take care of it. If you need to pay some taxes, he'll put a coin in a fish's mouth. Wherever, whatever position that you need to be in, if you'll stay in that position, God will take care of the circumstance but the children of israel faced this problem as it being something much bigger than they were you see they were in a position that they couldn't build a bridge they didn't have materials to build a bridge they couldn't use boats there weren't in boats and if they were in boats they would be sitting ducks in those boats there was only one way around that problem and that was through that problem and the only way through that Jordan River that you're dealing with is you got to stand in a position with God because that ark is going through that thing the presence of God is going to take you through that thing and you don't have any choice if you're going to stay in right position with God you're going you're to have to step over there and the priest's f- uh, feet uh, might have got wet when they feet hit the water but your feet's not going to get wet because God's going to have taken care of the water issue before you got there and when you size up your Jordan you conclude there's no way around this thing there's no way over this thing just like the 10 spies when they came back uh, they had spying in the land of Canaan with Joshua and Caleb they size the problem and say this Thing is much bigger than we are and while you look around saying i see the problems i see the issues god's saying i've already got the solutions i've already got the answers there's only you and i we, we see the problems we see there's no way there's just no way there's no way oh there is a way being in right position with jesus christ and god looks at the problem and says come on boys follow me i have a plan Let's do this thing. You stay in the right position. God's got a plan. And you see, when those priests' feet hit the water, the water dried up and things began. This is a lesson for you and me. We we too often, too often, we wind up asking God to fix everything in our lives for us. We don't want to have to make too many decisions. We, we, we just wish we could just go through life and and we could just so Be very passive and and not have to really do much. But sometimes staying in position with God is not easy. Keeping the ark in sight is not easy. Being in the right place is not easy. But when God's got a plan. The same thing comes for you and I, that, that we, we understand that we, we are learning to solve our problems by walking by faith and follow after him. As we turn loose control of the issue, say, okay, God, if you're going to lead us through this thing, I'm going to follow through. It doesn't look like it's going to work. There's no way I can walk through this river like it is, but this is the way it is. We need to remember this one thing, church family, and that is we've got to remember that, that our faith honors God. And God honors our faith. Don't you think for a minute that you can fast enough to impress Jesus. I heard one guy say he fasted 41 days. He said he fasted one day longer than Jesus. Well, he was hungrier than Jesus. But the bottom line is this. Our faith honors our God. We stay in position to him because we honor him and we respect him. And we are obedient to him out of faith because we respect and we love him. If you're doing if you're doing the things that you're doing because you want loaves and fishes in your life, you're doing it for the wrong reason. But you, but you honor, you walk in faith and you walk in obedience and you stay in right position with him out of faith because you love him and you honor him and you have faith in him. And when he sees that faith, there's something in the heart of God that is stirred when he sees faith. When he sees faith, he wants to reach out and change circumstances. When he saw the faith of Zacchaeus crying out to him, he stopped everything and called Zacchaeus to come over and he healed Zacchaeus' eyes. When God God sees and feels your faith he responds to it so understand we honor our God with our faith we share our respect to God with our faith our obedience and faith is because we honor him and we respect him but that stops God in his tracks and say whoa I feel something coming from him I understand and I feel what's coming he'll stop everything and he'll fix your circumstance he'll dry up your Jordan river God doesn't just patch things up. You patch things up. How many times have you said, I'm just going to try to patch it up with somebody? Let's just put a Band-Aid on this thing. I mean, I mean, if you, got, if you could go buy you a, a, a good set of, of tires today. I mean, as a matter of fact, I mean, a good set of tires is going to cost you, for a little car, it's going to be nearly $1,000. That's crazy. But you, as long as you're going down the road and, and, you, and, you hit a, and you run over a nail and it's in the bottom of that tire, it can be fixed. But you just get a little nailed over a little un, unplanned. And you can plan for some things. But around the edge over, you get a little bit over here and, and, and uh, my wife's car has got two tires that I refuse to replace because it have got little nails on the side. can't be fixed. Can't be guaranteed to be fixed. And so what I do is every time we start to go somewhere, I get them aired up again. I'm not paying you know $250 because a little nail over on the side, and there's still a lot of tread, and so I'm operating this way because I can't do this, man can't do this, so I got to put something in it that'll carry it through the journey. And you can't fix all your problems, and you realize you understand you come to the place of knowing I got to have something inside of me that carries me through these things, I've got to be in right position with God, and I've, I've got to have the right stuff in me if I'm going to make this journey across this. The blind man, the blind man had a muddy face, but he had an eye that can see. And we repel, we draw back when it comes to the point when God says, your face might be muddy. But if you go get a muddy face and we're washing that river, everything's going to work out all right. And here's a blind guy walking like this. He can't see. He don't know what he looks like. He don't know what's going on. But he's he's in the right position. He was in the right position with his God that the God, his God could reach down in dirt and make a mud ball he was in the right position where God could smear mud in his face he was in the right position for all all of that to happen and when all of that happened he walks through town not even knowing he's got a dirty face but this thing he does know and understand I am in right position and he touched me and now he's he's moving me over here to this, to this pool to wash and I'm going to do this thing because I'm going to stay in right position with him and when it's all going to come to pass i'm going to be able to see but maybe a, my thoughts go to that little woman that's referred to as the crooked woman a little woman who had a spirit of infirmity come to her you remember the little lady the bible says her back was bowed over I mean, it would be nice to say in her sickness it's because she was now 100 years old and she hadn't had enough calcium and she didn't drink enough milk over the years and osteoporosis had set in and her little neck and back was all bent over because of age or she had got twisted with arthritis or something. But no, that was not the case. The Bible said a spirit of infirmity had come upon her, the spirit of a sickness. See, she really wasn't even sick. There was a spirit of a sickness there. Okay, and so because of, there was a spirit of a sickness, she, had, she was now going through life, bowed over. Not because there was sickness, but because the spirit of sickness was there. But when she got in the right position with Jesus Christ that day, When she got in sight line with him and he got and and she showed up at church and the Bible says he was teaching in the synagogue and he saw her. She didn't even necessarily cry out to him. He saw her because he saw what was going on. He spoke into her life. He addressed the spirit of sickness. You know, there's sometimes around the church that some things get us bowed up. Bowed over. You ever got bowed up around the church? Come on now. This is good preaching here this will get very quiet. Something don't work out right, and the spirit of anger, the spirit of infirmity jumps on us, and we get bowed up about something. <clears throat> Is this a real church? Are we real people? We get in the presence of God. And and he's standing there, and he can see that it's not really a sickness in our life, but we've allowed something to affect us. We've allowed a spirit to touch us, and when we're Bowed over and we're bent over. We don't have the straight posture we had in the past. We don't have the outlook that we have in the past. Before we got bowed up, we could see this way. Now we're looking here, and all we can barely see is where our feet's going. But I'm saying you get in the right position with God. He's gonna see what's going on, and he's gonna straighten that situation out in your life and your spirit. And I don't know to who or to whom or what that I address this, but I feel compelled to say our eyes ought not to be on our feet, our eyes ought not to be on these things, but we've got to be in the right position to keep us sight line with the presence of God you keep a sight line on the ark of God you keep a sight line in right position with him uh, you're going to cross this Jordan River and as long as you have got this sight line right and you're in right position with him your kids are going to wind up living for God things are going to come to pass uh, think your prayers are going to be answered and if you're going to cross that Jordan River you're going to realize uh, I'm in right position and I'm in right sight line and all long as this going on there is absolutely no way I can get bowed over with a spirit that was never intended to touch my life. This is good stuff. Very good, very good stuff. I mean, you're not going to amen me, so I'm going to amen myself right here, all right? Because somebody, this really needs an amen right now. Amen. God doesn't just patch things up. He fixes it. He fixes it. He fixes it. He fixes it. And he doesn't just say, you know, you're going to get by that river. But he makes a way for you to cross that river. And it's a season for this church for us to cross that river. It's a season for this church. Not to keep wandering. Mecca, we're here saying, we had a promise for God, there's going to be something wonderful happen. We had promises of God, we had prophetic utterances that went back over the years, and wonderful things are going to happen. But somehow, we stuck on the wrong side of the river. I'm here today to say, it's, we are coming in alignment with who he is. And we've got our eyes on him, and we're going to stay in correct position with him. And as a body, we're moving into promise. And as a body, we are moving into provision. And as a body, you get ready for this. You, you get ready. For this, uh, there's some new people about to get the Holy Ghost in this church, uh, and, and you know, and 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 I. I... My faith has been beat up of late, and I, I don't want to confess too much, uh, but, but my faith has been assaulted because I've, I've heard myself uh, kind of, I, I've heard, uh, you know, that's the faith guy, that's the faith guy. And so if I've, if I've been able to trust and have faith in the past, he's going to beat up on my, the hell's going to beat up on my faith now. But I'm here today to say we are staying in right alignment. There are miracles in this church. There are new souls in this church. There is miracles of healing in this church amen man Amen, amen, amen. Right where Brother Taylor's sitting right there today. I'll never forget when two little boys who had growth issues both had a miracle happen in their body the same day, the same Sunday night. They both went to their individual doctors the next day. They got their individual doctors. They were both having growth hormones. They were both having all sort of things they were having to do because they just weren't growing fast enough. And But I remember by Wednesday night, the report of the doctors from two different doctors that came back from two boys that sat on the front row that both boys had grown more the little boys were supposed to grow and both boys had had a miracle happen and they didn't go to the same doctors they didn't get the same reports but they went to the same doctor and he gave them the same report and in that moment of the miraculous that happened I'm saying church family you get ready for the miraculous you're going to stay in position we're staying in a sight line for him and when you're inside of him and you're in position with him you better expect your jordan's gonna dry up your river's gonna push back your obstacle is gonna go away yeah. hallelujah how i want you to stand with me i want you to stand with me and i want you to grab a hold to the hand of god right now and say lord i'm staying